everyone. You've all had a wonderful Christmas. And uh, yeah, it's, it's now just a case of looking at all the food that's left over and thinking, how quickly can I eat it all? Because there is nothing worse than throwing good food away, is there? And uh, Brian and I were discussing over Christmas the fact that we don't like food to be thrown away. And uh, looking in the fridge uh, and seeing food that's kind of slightly out of date, but considering how we could still possibly eat it. And uh, so there are different ways. In fact, um, it's very rare for me to throw anything away. Um, Cheryl looks at something and she goes, oh, I don't know we eat it. I just kind of think more chili. And, uh, you know, if it's looking dodgy, you just put more chili and, and uh, that solves everything, I think. It's <laughs> if it's burning your mouth, you don't know what you're eating. And uh, that also solves any problem, any meal that's gone wrong. And uh, you're cooking and it tastes disgusting, more chili. Uh, it really is the answer to everything. And um, if your mother-in-law has come round, more chili. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, she comes less often. And... Uh, there are so many. Chili solves everything, really. If, if it wasn't for Jesus, we'd have to preach about chili. And uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I just love end of year. I love the end of the year and the beginning of the year. These, these two Sundays, they kind of define everything that was and everything that um, is going to be. And uh, this week, um, I, I really want to, this Sunday, I, I really want to just, um, speak about a verse uh, that's sitting in my heart in 2 Timothy. And uh, it's this wonderful scripture that, um, that kind of sets out a picture of the struggles of life and also the joy, the wonder of what Christ has done for us. And it, it sits with these two kind of paradoxes, these, 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 um, these highlights of, of different issues that we wrestle with in life. And uh, it says in 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Remind them these things, charging them before the Lord, not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourselves, approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenius and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. You know, when I was a kid growing up, um, my dad used to drive. Um, he had any number of um, vehicles um, when we were growing up and um, uh, he used to drive the one that I remember most um, from my childhood. I was just chatting on the phone yesterday with my brother uh, to see what he could remember. He's a, my eldest brother is eight years older than me. And so his, his, his recollection of vehicles is, is far more extensive, plus the fact that he trained as a mechanic. Uh, and so he spent quite a bit of time repairing dad's 
vehicles as well and uh, acquiring for him vehicles to which he could then also work on after he got them. And uh, so we used to drive around this old minibus. I wonder, if, do we have the photograph of that, the old minibus that, um, this, is, um, this is a picture, no, not that one. Uh, we'll come to that one. That's the minibus. Now, I showed that to Joe. That looks cool, doesn't it? Trust me, in 1975, that was not cool. That was, that was a gypsy van. That was not cool. And uh, that's the type of... That wasn't the van. It was... Uh, I went looking... I had to go looking for a photograph, and I managed to find one, of a mini, the minibus that, um, that my dad used to drive in. And uh, it used to be part of um, St. Bede's School, which is a private school uh, in the village nearby. Um, they had finished with it. So you can imagine a school minibus that had been finished with. And uh, you can imagine. And then we got it. It was Dad's new van. And uh, so that was, that was the van that we used to drive around in. But it is an improvement on the previous vehicle, um, which is what we used to go around in before. We've already seen it. If you put up the red comma van, this is what he, he went, got from. That's what we used to go around in. And uh, it, isn't that awesome? It was a bread van. And uh, it was actually, the one we went around in was red and white because it was Mother's Pride. Who remembers Mother's Pride? <laughs> it was a Mother's Pride home delivery bread van. When bread used to be delivered to the door like milk. And, uh, and so people used to, in the, in the, in the uh, 50s and 60s, uh, they would have bread delivered. Um, and uh, some people st- still may remember that. I don't remember that, but I remember getting the van that they no longer needed. And uh, I remember as a child, um, we used to climb in the back doors um, and uh, we would get in. And uh, that, was the, that was one of the ve- vehicles that Dad drove around in. And uh, it, yeah, um, we weren't proud. That's all I can say. And uh, I, a lot of people see this and think, how cool is that? Um, well, it was cool, but this is, show the other vehicle. This is the vehicle that I started life in and I vaguely remember yeah, that was my dad's car. That's what he started with. And then he had loads of kids. And we went to... <laughs> it went on to vans after that. And I do remember sitting in that car because I remember being on holiday and I would have been about probably three years of age. And I remember sitting on the back seat uh, of this old Rover and mum and dad's... Um, the camera films that you would roll. Do you remember? Dad used to have a camera that you look down into and you take the picture and you roll. And the, the film, I can't remember the n- number of the film, but it used to be, it was a very large film. I remember they had taken loads of holiday snaps. And I remember having these films in my hand. How I got them, I don't know. But they had six kids, right? So they weren't aware that I was sitting with the, with the films of the photos that were had taken. And I just decided to pull them all out like this. And, uh, and then I remember the reaction and uh, <laughs> the screaming. I'm thinking, what is the problem? It was a lot of fun. You're going... <laughs> and that's my recollection of that car. And that car, my dad kept that car. And, and all the time we had... Those other vans, that car sat in our garage um, and not unused. And my brother used to get it out every so often and he would get the engine turning over and he would get it out. And eventually, when I was about 19, 20 years of age, they, my, my, dad, pulled it out, my uh, dad pulled it out and he sold it off as a classic. And uh, it, was, it was pretty rusty and, um, uh, well, not so rusty actually, it was, uh, it was just pretty grubby and 
dusty and uh, uh, sitting in the, in the garage. It was quite a sad vehicle. But it as used to have uh, a, uh, a canvas uh, sunroof on the top. So it would have a, the roof was like that, but it had a canvas and you could put it all the way back. And so you could all stand up and look at the top. And uh, it was just really, it was a 1949 Rover. And uh, Dad wasn't able to um, keep that, obviously, for the amount of kids he had. And so we went on to these terrible vehicles. And uh, as a kid, when you're driving around, you're driving into school, uh, and you're in, in this sort of vehicle, all your friends, school friends, they're turning up in the nice new cars that their dads have got uh, probably, um, uh, well, it wouldn't be, it would be like a Ford Cortina or something. And uh, <laughs> something cool like that. And uh, they would be turning up in school in these nice new cars. But we always turned up in, a, in an old banger. And, uh, but the thing is that that... Oh, let's pull up that minibus. That minibus, which was a dreadful old vehicle, right? Uh, and my brother had ripped out the engine perhaps um, three or four times. He was actually telling me last night on the phone how many times he changed the engine on that vehicle and it was in those I remember and my dad had a very large double garage that we eventually converted into a workshop and a showroom Um, and uh, but at the time I remember seeing they'd made a block and tackle and they they managed to get the engine and they would just pull the engine out and pop another engine in which you used to be able to do on old vehicles and um, but that old minibus that was an embarrassment to drive around in became the saving grace for church when they wanted to get kids to go to the youth group because nobody had any way of getting the kids there. And the kids who lived in the community. And so my dad, but every Friday, would jump in the van and he would drive kids to the youth group. And so what was a dreadful vehicle, an embarrassment for a teenager or a child, a teenager actually became something quite amazing uh, for church life and it actually caused many kids to turn to God and see many people get saved and not only that but dad would take the youth and if it was snowy I remember on one particular occasion I said dad come on let's do some handbrake turns and, and he would dad would just throw that thing around and all around the housing estates we'd be driving sideways down the road as he would because you could fling the back wheels out on those things something rotten it was amazing and uh and uh, he would literally just be handbrake turning everywhere in, in a minibus full of other people's children, and, uh, which was awesome. <laughs> but here's the thing about the kingdom of God, that we live a life that has these incredible opposites that kind of smash together uh, in these sort of opposing kind of principles and concepts. We have an an awesome God that has saved us from such terrible things and yet we experience darkness. We, 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 We produce our own form of darkness, our own sin, our anger, frustrations, surprises even ourselves, does it not? And, and we, we live in this life of conflict. And I love in this verse, there's just one word that I'm going to be preaching on this morning. And it, it's in one, uh, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 19. And it's the word nevertheless. 
And it says in verse 19, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone sanctifies himself, cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. That vehicle was an, a, a vehicle of dishonor in my life, but it became a vehicle of honor to, to bring, um, bring salvation to a generation of kids that lived in our community. And you know, there is an amazing word that sits in, um, that sits in here, and it's simply this, this word, nevertheless. And nevertheless, I always think is a funny word, isn't it? It's three words jammed together. to to create this adverb that completely changes the meaning and context of everything that's gone before. The word nevertheless uh, does to a sentence sentence what what Christ does to sin. It changes it. It changes the context. It, it changes the meaning. And suddenly what, this Bible, what the Bible is saying here, what Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying, listen, all of that stuff, Hymenus and Philetus and, and the cancer and all their, their dreadful conversations they've been having amongst themselves and, and all the sin that goes on in the house and, and all of those things, nevertheless, you know, I, I need you to understand. You see, it doesn't matter what has gone on in this year, nevertheless. It doesn't matter what you've been through, nevertheless. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with, nevertheless. Because nevertheless is, a, is, one, is such a wonderful word because it's saying never let you speak less of what is good because of what is bad. Never let that be spoken. Nevertheless, never let the goodness of Christ, which is awesome in your life, be less than the sin and the pain and the anguish and the disappointment that you have experienced. Because what often goes on in life and what we often walk in as as we are going through life, we experience heartache, we experience pain, we experience great struggles. We've had many struggles. This 2015 was an extraordinarily challenging year in many ways, and yet it was full of great joy. But nevertheless, because what Christ has done is still far more significant than what the enemy determined to happen. Far more significant, nevertheless. Let this adverb change everything about our lives. Nevertheless, let it be the significance of Christ speaking over us, continually communicating to us what He has done in our lives. It doesn't matter what you have experienced. It doesn't matter what has been spoken to you. I have spent some time talking with people and their heart is troubled and, and some people don't want to know Christ and maybe walk away from the church simply based on what other people have said to them. They've allowed the voice of negativity, the cancer of other people's foolishness indiscretion they're just people's poor timing all of us say things wrong things at the wrong moment quite a lot of the time I think but here's the thing nevertheless let there there always be this adverb resounding in your life nevertheless Jesus Christ 
has done something significant for your life. And if you would take that which is glorious, it would take this vessel of dishonor and make it a vessel of honor. In a great house, the Bible says, there are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. The church is a great house. This is a great house. And in the house, we have good things and we have bad things. I'm always surprised at how surprised people are that they find and struggle with difficult things. Well, that's life and church is full of people. We are very real people. We are as real as it could possibly get. And so we have amongst ourselves honor and dishonor. That is the nature of our humanity. It is not a definition of an individual. It is the description of mankind. It is who we are. But nevertheless, Jesus Christ has ordained for you a vessel of honor, even if you have decided in your heart that this vessel has been dishonored or is being dishonored, or you consider that there is great hardship or dishonor around your heart and around your life. Jesus Christ is speaking over you. And he says this, nevertheless, never let the less become more dominant than the more. For Christ has done more in our heart. And you know, it says in in 2 Timothy, and sorry, in Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. Let me read this to you. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. It says this, To the pure all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure. But even their mind and their conscience are defiled. You see, here is, this, the, here is the key to living a life where we make sure that the less does not become the dominant, but the more is always the more in our life. That we live with a pure heart, not with an undefiled heart. An undefiled heart would look at someone and believe less of them, not more. An undefiled heart will believe that the relationships around them are working against them, not working for them. An undefiled heart will believe that God has not ordained a blessing for them, but they have got to simply struggle through on their own merit, on their own, by their own means. An undefiled heart is a heart that's looking through the cynicism of life rather than through the glorious lens of Jesus Christ, the cross that sanctified and set us apart for a glorious life. When we look through the, the colored lens of Jesus Christ, it changes our perspective to the pure, all things are pure. Now here's the significance of this verse. We know that all things are not. Don't say to me, oh, but we've got to be real. Sometimes real is just wrong. Because what real says is that real highlights the less. When the more, who is Jesus Christ, has a seed of life that is yet to be seen, but shall explode in the heart and lives of those people around us. If we describe the less which we can see, we diminish the more 
which is yet to come forth. There are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Yet we know the Bible says the vessels of dishonor can be vessels of honor very quickly, in an instant be turned as they turn to Jesus Christ. In other words, every circumstance and situation in our life which seems to be dishonoring can be turned to honoring in a moment. To the pure, all things are pure, but they only become pure if we consider them to be so because we consider to believe that Jesus shall bring forth His glorious process in our life. Isn't it extraordinary? How we consider and we look at life, we look at our relationships, we look at, at, at our um, financial circumstances, we look at, at, at how the church is going, we, we look at all of those things and we say to ourselves, I am not sure, I, 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 I'm not, just not sure. I, I mean, we, we base it on our previous experience and we allow the cynicism of life and the arrogance of our own opinion to be more correct than that which Jesus Christ achieved on the cross. Don't think you're so clever. I've discovered that. I've discovered that every time I think I'm right, I'm wrong. And it's really humiliating. But I think God likes it that way. I think He he smirks every time. I think He really does. He just smirks. In that very fatherly way that looks at a child learning a lesson. Going, that was good for them. Like you do as a father when you see your kids growing up and and just learning those lessons where you can see the light just going and going, oh. (laughs) You see it happening as, as a parent and you smile. And God looks at us and he smiles when we get it and we go, yeah. You've done everything for me. I'm gonna see life differently. I'm going to look at people differently. I'm going to look at those circumstances. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to walk in hurt or offense. But I'm going to take a hold of the hands of those who I considered less of and know that Jesus Christ has done more in them. For I believe in more, not less. Never, never the less. Never the less. Never the less in our lives. Never let the less that we experience determine how we pitch ourselves for 2016 for a year that will produce for us so much more. It says somewhere (laughs) in verse 21 it says therefore if anyone cleanses himself from the latter He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master for every good work. Here is a principle of life that will set you up without failure in every situation. Live a life of honor. Live a life of honor. Honor humbles your heart before men and women. The Bible says, be submitted to one another. Honor those who are around you. Honor the church. Lift up the house of God. 
Lift up the body. Lift up your brothers and sisters. Honor. Honor creates an environment where the less is never allowed to dominate the more. Nevertheless, this is what Jesus Christ has done in our life. Let me just finish by reading that verse to you one more time. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are is His. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. That word, nevertheless, declares that not a single person, not a single person is left out of the more. Not a single circumstance is wiped off. Not a single event that we have experienced that appears to make our life less Not a single one. Is taken away. Not a single situation. Can be spoken of as less in our life. Because of this word. Nevertheless. Because even the vessels of dishonor. Even the environments of dishonor. Even that which is wrong even that which shouldn't have happened, even that which wasn't of God, shall become of Him. Because the beauty of what Jesus Christ has done is He transforms everything. He saves not just your soul, not just for your eternity. He saves your life. He saves your family. He saves your environment, your job. He saves. He brings a blessing. He brings that which is wrong and he turns it right because the cross of Jesus Christ is continually ministering in every situation because of this. Nevertheless, let's stand up, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you that...